Okay, good morning, everyone. We are on <coughs> the, bot, the very last two lines of Yud Gimel Lamar Aleph Nebrachos, So this is, a lot of what we're doing now is very, very halacha-based. So today we'll interject a lot of halacha. The share should be a refuah shleima for Eitim Moshe Mechayim, Esther Dov Moshe Mechava, and Avram Zelim and Tziporan, for Eilu Yishama, for Chai Esther, Tehila, Basker, Rav Gavriel, Pinchas, Kamil Shavin Reza, and Sibi Yisoni, Basar Rebbe. Okay. We should be a refuah for Holy Israel. Okay, now as we are uh, just a, literally a day and a half away from Shavuos, um, we we're going to uh, tackle now the uh, the mitzvah of Kriyat Shema and Kavana. So we are on two lines from the bottom of the daf, and we will start from here. Gemara discusses and says as follows: Tanarabanan. Um, Okay, so we started off yesterday, we were talking about the different, if you can read retroactively, if you can change the order. So we saw from the Yushami that Toso says possibly if it says that um, you might be able to, if you're reading in the Sefer Torah, if you had Kavana, you could be Yotze, even though you're reading Parsha 3 first and then 1 and 2. So Toso says we see that sometimes the order may not be Ma'akiv, it may, may not hold you back from fulfilling the mitzvah. So the just brings that again, Tanarabanan, second to last line, Tanarabanan, Ha'ishalo, Yikolam Afreya, that when it says Vahayu, <clears throat> that means we read yesterday that you cannot go ahead and say the, the, uh, the Shema out of order. And then it says, we have another drasha now, and says, Dvarim al So the first word is Vahayu in the Pasuk of Shema, and then it says, Dvarim al right? Meaning Dvarim, and then al so on and so forth. So I might think, Yachol, I may have thought that the entire Parsha, either the first Parsha or all three Parshas of Kriya Shema need Kavana. Tamalomar, the Pasuk comes to tell us, it says, the Pasuk, the whole Pasuk, these words, what does that come to teach us? Adkan Tzricha Kavana, up until these words, one needs Kavana, Rebbe says, that until the words of uh, and then it continues until you need kavana. After that, you don't need kavana. So it's actually my chlokas Rashi and Tosos. I'll get a, a sitter so we could just read it easily together. Here you have here. Uh, perfect. It just so if everyone knows it by heart. But my chlokas Rashi and Tosos whether this means the first two psukim or the first three psukim, meaning forget about Baruch Shem for a second. So Shema, everyone agrees you need. According to Rabbi Lezer, at least everyone says you would need, uh, at least according to Rabbi Lezer, sorry, you would need Kavana for Shema, then via Hafta, and then the third Pasuk says, Rashi says, until those words, if you look at the last, uh, if you look at the last Rashi on the Daf, Ad Khan, Ad Al you would need until the last Rashi on the Daf, until Al Rashi says that this opinion is until the words Al <coughs> You need to have kavana. Tosa says it really refers to before that pasuk, meaning the first two pesukim. Excuse me. Until there, you need you would need. If you look at the last Tosos, ad kan mitzvahs kavana. Tosa says ad bechol meodecha until the words of meodecha, the end of the second pasuk. Sheshnei pesukim elu shema and v'yahavta. Those first two pesukim midabrim beyichur Hashem beavaso yiraso. That's the critical points. Talking about the oneness, the uniqueness of Hashem, that He is the only, the sole power. 
Be'avasa, also loving Hashem, be'ahafta, and then it says, teaches us you have to have Yira, and you have to love Him with everything that we have. So according to this first opinion, right, so the first two psukim, the first three psukim, Rebbe Lezer seems to say that all you need, kavana, that is ma'akev, is the first two or three psukim. Again, l'chadchila, we should have kavana, we're going to discuss the different types of kavana today, what they are, but at least you should have kavana for the very, very least, either for the first two or three psukim, depending on how you understand, like Rashi, Atosos, but that is the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer. So he says, That means bidiyevet, meaning, Best case scenario is you should have Kavana for the entire Shema. But at the very least, either for the first two or three Psukim. The Gemara continues. Amar le Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva says, Hari Omer Asher Anochi Mitzavcha Hayom Alivavecha. The Pasuk continues and it says, Asher Anochi, that I command you today, Alivavecha, Mikana Talamid Shekola Parsha, the entire first parak, meaning the whole, Viahafta Kula Tzricha Kavana, not just. The first two or three psukim, but the whole entire parsha. Why does Asher Anochi Mitzavcha teach us that's the whole parsha? So Tos was actually, and the top Tos was comments. If it would have said Asher Tzivisicha that I commanded you, means up until this point, meaning in the past. But since he's Lashon Asher Anochi Mitzavcha, it's a active present, means even what I'm about to tell you, which is the first parsha. Don't forget in the Torah. The parshas are not aligned with each other. The first parsha ve'ahavta is in parshas ve'eschanan, and then we don't get to parshas v'ayim shmo until Ekev. So it says, "Asher nochi mitzavcha," that I am commanding you in the present text, in the present uh, form. Tense <coughs> comes to include the entire first parsha. Okay, so it's either you need for the first cup of sukim or for the first parsha. The Gemara continues says, "Amar Rabbi Rachana, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Halacha Rabbi Akiva, Halacha is like Rabbi Akiva." that you need it for the entire first parsha. We're going to see a third opinion, that of Rabbi Meir, that's only the first pasuk, and that's how we paskin. But for now, the Gemara seems to say that the halacha is, you should need it for the entire first parsha, that is for a hafta. You must have kavan, if not, it seems to be ma'aki, if you did not fulfill the mitzvah. The Gemara continues, Ika the masni la'aha, there are those who go ahead and interpret the Mishnah as follows, and they say, Anyone who's reading Shema must have in mind to go ahead and have kavana for all three parshios. Rabbi Acha, Mishum, Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, Kevan, Shekivein, Libo, Perak Rishon, since he went ahead and at the very least had intent and kavana and concentration, and he focused on the words, um, and the first parsha, uh, first parak, Shuvein Osaruch, he doesn't need to have any more. Amar Rabbi Archan, Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Acha, Shemam, Shem Yehuda, that you need for the first, for the first uh, parak. So for the first parsha, you need, it seems to be at least now the consensus within the Gemara that at least for the first parak, you need, uh, you need to have, um, you need to have uh, Kavana. Okay, now, the Gemara is going to continue. We're going to do a little bit of Gemara, then we'll come back. Tanya Yidach, we have another brace that says as follows. Vahayu, again, in the word Vahayu Advarm Eila, in that Pasuk, it says, Shalom Yikra Lemafreya. We already learned this yesterday, it repeats this beginning of the brace, that the words Vahayu means as they are. Whether we said you don't read it retroactively or you have to say the same Lashon HaKodesh that it was, the two possibilities. But this one, the Brisa says you cannot read it retroactively. That's the beginning of the Pasuk Vahayu. What about the word, last words? What does Alivavecha come to teach us? That you have to have Kavana. It has to be on your heart. When you say the words, it has to be on your heart. What does on your heart mean? It means you have to know and realize and recognize what you are saying. You have to just keep in mind for a second how much real estate the Gemara is giving now to the concept of Kavana by Kriyashma. You know, during the day we often rush, whether at night or whether in the morning we rush during Kriyashma. But you have to realize how many, when we talk about four different Kavanos, and the Torah gives us so much 
uh, insight now into which Pasuk and which Parsha, and it's all three Parshas, the first Pasuk, Ma'akev, not Ma'akev, we really have to take a step back and really concentrate when we say Shema and realize the significance of the day. We spoke about, if you remember, with Rabbi Sachs when he said that the, the Rambam says, Pamayim B'chol Yom, and the, the Keter that the Rambam gives for Seder Ava, when he's, the, the chapter in Ava, when he starts with the Kriya Shema, Ma'ahati Sarasecha Kol Yom Isichasi, all day long, it is my, it's my, my, uh, Conversation is focused on Torah. If we don't have the kavana when we start the day, we don't have the proper kavana shema. We're not creating the proper framework for the day. How could you say that, that we're, we're, our whole day is framed beginning and end by If we don't have kavana when we say kriya shema, so we should certainly keep this in mind. So the Gemara says now, Rab Zutra Omer Ad Khan Mitzvah Kavana. When the Pasuk says Alivavecha in the first parsha of kriya shema, it means on your heart, meaning you have to concentrate. But that's only for the first parsha. So meaning for the first parsha, you don't have to verbalize it. You can just think it. As long as it's in your heart, says Rav Zutra, you can, you're Yotzei Kriya Shema. Mikan ve'elech, but the second parsha, mitzvah's Kriya. Then you actually have to verbalize it, but you don't necessarily have to have Kavana. Rabbi Yoshia says, no, just the opposite. Adkan mitzvah's Kriya, for the first parak of parsha of Shema, you have to verbalize it. Mikan ve'elech, and the second parsha, then you need Kavana. The Gemara is going to try to understand both of these opinions. Both seem... Uh, at first glance, a little strange. Why would you differentiate between the first parak and the second parsha of Shema? So, the Gemara says, because the first parsha, mitzvah's kriya, why would you say that only moving forward that you need the second parsha, you have to have kriya? Because it says, it says you actually have to articulate it. But in the first pasuk, first parsha, it says, it says, if you're going to tell me the whole reason why, Rabbi Zutra says the second parsha, meaning Vahaya needs Kriya, you have to articulate it, but the first one doesn't, is because it says Ladaber Bam in the second parsha, but it also says Vidibartabam. It says it in the first parsha also that you have to, the word Vidaber means the root word to speak. So the Gemara says, Hachikamar Adkan, so really what, really what Rav Zutra means to say is first parsha, mitzvah's kavana ukriya. You have to articulate it. They, they, he accepts the criticism. It does say Vidibartabam in the first paragraph. We're on Yud Gimel uh, Beis, the top few lines. So it does say, that you have to articulate it, and you have to have Kavana, because it says, for the second parsha, Kriya below Kavana. All you have to do is read it. You don't necessarily have to have Kavana. You still have to articulate it. Okay. Kumar says, okay, let's, I still don't understand. Why would you say that you, and similarly, if you say that the, the, um, that um, the first the first parak the first parsha you need kavana and kriya because it says alivavecha and it says vidibartabam but it says those same two verbs in the second parsha alivavchem which means on your heart you should need kavana and it says vidibartabam so why should you only need kavana and kriya you have to articulate and you have to focus in the first parsha the same two words that obligate us to have kavana and to articulate in the first parsha alivavecha and vidibarta. Those same two words, alivavchem and vidibartem, is also in the second parsha of Ahayim Shmoa. Gemara says that the second, the daber bam, ahu midbaylet rabitzak. We need like like rabitzak says, Amar v'samtem is the ra'ela. When it says v'samtem is the ra'ela, alivavchem on your heart. So you think you'd have to have kavana? It's not talking about kavana here. Here it says. Because the continue of the pasuk says "Ksharatim los al yodecha," we're talking about the tefillin. Ksharatim los al yodchem. So it says that "Tzricha shetesima kenegra leiv." When it says "Aliv avecha and v'hayim shemoa," says Rabbi Yitzchak, it's talking about that the tefillin have to be next to your heart. In the first 
parsha of Kriyat Shema, it says, that means you have to have it in mind, you have to have Kavana. When it says, in the second parsha, it's not referring to Kavana, it's referring to where you put the tefillin, because the continuation of the pasuk, it says, and where on your heart, where, where do you bind the tefillin on your hand? Next to your heart, right? It should be on the bicep. It could, we could have thought maybe it's on the forearm. I put tefillin on the, on the hand, who said it has to be on the bicep? Because that's what the pasuk says, on your heart. How do you put something, bind something tefillin on your hand that's next to your heart? It has to be by your bicep. So he learns, not to teach us kavana, you, you're right. The word levavecha or levavchem, that same root word of your heart, is in the first parsha, which teaches us you have to have kavana for the first parsha, you have to understand what you're saying. That same word appears in the plural form in the second parsha. But there it means something else. There it's come to teach us the special halacha that when you go ahead and you bind your tefillin, it has to be next to your heart. And therefore, Rabbi Yosha is able to uh, mechalik, Sorry, Rabbi Zutra was able to mechalek that vehafta you need both, but the second parsha vehoya you just need to articulate it. You don't necessarily need kavana. Now the the Gemara is going to ask on the opposite opinion. Now, Rabbi Yoshi, Amar, my Rabbi Yoshi says adkan for the first parsha only required kriya mitzvahs kriya. You have to articulate, meaning you cannot just think in your mind the first parsha of kriya shema. You actually have to articulate and verbalize it. Why? Because it said, we'll see in a second, but the second parsha, that's where kavana is ma'akev. If you don't have kavana during v'hayim shema, that's problematic. Gemara says, why do, you, why do you have a difference? Why is there a difference between the first parsha and the second parsha? The first parsha needs to articulate v'hafta, and the second parsha, you need kavana. Mitzvah's kavana mishum dechsev alavavchem, because in the second parsha, you need kavana, because it says alavavchem. Now again, he doesn't subscribe to this concept of alavavchem, teaching us about the tefillin, like Rabbi Yitzchak did. Rather, he says alavavchem to teach us that you need kavana. And if it says alavavchem in the second parsha, it means you need kavana. What's the obvious question? In the first parsha, it says alavavecha. So if you're going to tell me levavchem teaches us in your heart that you need kavana during the second parsha, the same shorish, the same root word, your heart, is in the first, right? So why don't we also say that you need kavana for the first parsha? Gemara says, hachinam yaksiv alavavcha. Gemara says, hachikamar adkan mitzvah kriya v'kavana. You're right. Really, in the first parsha, you need kriya and kavana. You do have to articulate it, and you have to have kavana. He accepts the criticism. and does say alavavecha in the first parsha. Therefore, you need kavana. And you must articulate it. But in the second parsha, all you need is kavana. You do not need to go ahead and articulate it. The Gemara says, why wouldn't you have to articulate it? If it says vidibartabam in the first one, it also says that word daber in the second parsha. Khan, why is Rabbi Yoshia Mechalik, why does he differentiate and distinguish between the two parshiels regarding the obligation to go ahead and articulate it? Mitzvah's kriya kavana. By the first parsha required by Vahafta, you have to have Kavana and you have to articulate the Khsiv Alivavecha, which teaches us Kavana and says Vidi Barta Bama teaches us you must articulate it. Hasam Nami Haksiv, but in the second parsha of Shemoah, it should be no different because it says Alivavchem, which ostensibly should teach us the obligation to go and have Kavana. And it also says Ladabarbam, which should at first glance teach us the obligation to go and articulate it. Gemara says, Ahu, no. When it says Ladabarbam in the second parsha of Ahayim Shemoah, if you look at the whole context, it's talking about Medivri Torah Ksiv, and this is what it's talking about. It says, when it says, the pasuk is, The words Ladabarbam in the second parsha is Ladabarbam, and that's Agmir That's the obligation when it says the Bartabam is to teach them not to talk about the mitzvah of Kriya Shema, to articulate Kriya Shema. Ladaber Bam in the second parsha is talking about the obligation to go ahead and to teach our children 
to teach our children Torah. So let's just take a break for a second. I want to discuss two, two important concepts. One is that we discussed yesterday between when are we allowed to stop in the Mishnah discussed, when can you stop to greet someone, to respond to someone between the brachos or between the parshos by prokim or by emsa. And we spoke about the different possibilities between the prokim means between bracha number one, between bracha number two, between second bracha, between beginning of Kriyashma, between the first and second paragraph, second and third, between the third paragraph and after Shema and Emes Vyativ. So I want to discuss just for a second, what do we do when you're davening in a minion? Do we answer Amen to the bracha of the Chazim when it says, You're about to start Shema. What is the halacha? Are we supposed to say Amen when it says, Are we supposed to go straight to Shema or do we answer Amen? So it's actually Machlokas between the Chabra and the Ramah. The Shulchan Aruch says as follows. He says, so if you are davening in a minion, and chances are the chazan is going to be behind, uh, ahead of you in, in, in Boca Raton, there's no, there's no doubt, unless maybe the 830 minion, you have at least a chance to be, on, to, be, to be saying every word. But assuming you're not at one of those minions, and for sure, we're just assuming you're after Barco already by the time the chazan gets up to Boca Raton. But in any event, do you, and you hear his bracha, do you say Amen? So the Mechaber says you do not say Amen because it's a hefsek. That's what the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, you would not say. Now, comes along the Ramah. This is in Simon Nun Tes, if anyone wants to know. The Ramah, Rav Moshe Islis says, Haga v'yimar l'sayim kodem shesim ashatz v'yana amin achashatz. The Ramah says, no, you can actually try to finish the bracha before the Chazan gets to it, so that you're n- if you finish with him, you don't have to say Amen. But he says you should have to try to get there before he does, in an optimal situation, and that you can say Amen to his bracha. Listen to what the Mishnah Berurah says. The Mishnah Berurah says as follows. He but says... Is the hefseg, in the first opinion, is the hefseg between Shema and the brachos? Between the, the bracha and Shema. Or is the hefseg in the bracha itself? Meaning no. if I'm in the middle of... No, you're, you're only talking about when you finish the bracha. You're not talking, you don't say Amen if you're in the middle of the bracha. So if you finish the bracha and you're waiting for that's, the chazan... That was the deal. So he says, so you have to finish the bracha. Then right, so that's, that's what the Ramah says. <clears throat> so Machaber says, though, even if you're waiting there for 10 seconds... And you clearly finished, and he says, right. You should not answer. I mean, you should go ahead and say Shema. But since we're never up to them, it's fine. It's all hypothetical. <laughs> okay. Now, the Mishnah Bura says as follows He says that he brings the Ramah, and he says, You should try to finish earlier. And he says, He says, The reason why it's not a hefsake. Why is it not a hefsake? For example, if I go ahead and make, I'll, I make a bracha. I'm not allowed to do anything between the bracha of mezuzah and put and affixing the mezuzah to the doorpost. So if I fill in tzitzis, anything I do over las yasan, when I make the bracha right away, you can't have a hesek between the performance of the mitzvah. Says the Mishnah Berurah, the berchas kriyashma are very different than the regular berchas mitzvah. V'atam the berchas kriyashma ain't a domas the shah brachas mitzvah. Sharei ain't mevarchin asher kiddushon tzivon the kriyashma. We don't say the normal bracha language, normal nusach bracha, matbea bracha is lesatef betzitzis, or laniach tefillin, to do something, asher kiddishonam, so tzivanu, I was stranded to do it, go right into the mitzvah. That's not the way we have it. We obviously know we have very two lengthy brachos when it comes to kriyachma. So it's not the regular lashon. It's these brachos stand on their own. Right? When you say, I make a bracha, alachilas matzah, what's the implication? That the very next second, you're going to eat, right? It has no... It has no, without the context of the mitzvah that's going to immediately succeed the bracha, the bracha is, in a vacuum, is meaningless. The, the, the reason why we have the bracha is to give context to the performance of the, of the mitzvah. 
Berchus Kriyashma can stand on their own. If you look at the text of Berchus Kriyashma, there's so much we spoke about. We're pleading with Hashem to go ahead and open our eyes and to be mechadish. We're giving shavach and kosher baruchu. It's, it's an independent, it's part of Kriyashma, but the brachos can stand alone. So the Mishnah Baruch says, They established to make these brachos, which are so chock full of shavach, of bakashos, that they made it next to Kriyashma. But it's not part and parcel of the performance of the mitzvah like a regular bracha is to a regular regular mitzvah. And therefore it says, It's not a problem if we were to go ahead and theoretically say, Amen, it's not considered a hefsek. <clears throat> However, says the, says the Mishnah Bura, the Achronim were very clear to point out, Everyone, it says, agrees with the Ramah that if you finish early, you should say Amen, but he gives one more, not like the Shulchan Aruch, not like the Mechaber. The Mechaber says that you don't say Amen if you finish early, you just go straight to Shema because it's the sake. The Ramah says you do say Amen, and the Mishnah Baruch explained because it's not the typical Berchas mitzvah, but he, asked, he added one thing. He says, <clears throat> says the Mishnah Baruch, Yoser Tov The best solution, wait before you, if you finish early, wait a few seconds to say the bracha, say the last bracha, with the chazan, and then you get out of the problem. Because you can't say amen to your own bracha. And therefore, would, would not be an orphan amen that you wouldn't be able to, to recite? I mean, you saw my what? Wouldn't it be like an orphan on like, like, There wouldn't be anything to really. Well, no, because, no, it wouldn't be, because your hair is bracha, but if you finish the bracha at the same time, you don't make a bracha, it's like making no, a bracha. No, you, know. you have to pause until <clears throat> you, you hear it. You no, know. that's what I'm saying you don't do. In other words, the three scenarios. If you, if you finish early, and, you, and then he says the, ten, the bracha ten seconds later, do you say amen? So the Mechaber sa- says no. Rav Yosef Kar says no. Ramah says yes. The Mishnah Bura says the best scenario is really, if you find yourself in that scenario and you made the bracha already, then say amen. But the best thing is, wait a few seconds until you at the very end, and then when he's about to say the bracha, say it with him. Say the bracha with him. You finish the tefillah, you got to the last word of the, of, the, of the text, and wait till he says the bracha, you say it with him, then you don't have to say amen. So you're basically getting yourself out of the situation. One other thing I wanted to discuss, which is so critical, I just want, we, we, didn't, we didn't discuss it yet, but it, we, we touched on it yesterday. There are, we're going to discuss, and this is, this is one of the main sugyas and shas about mitzvah suchas kavana, kavana in performance of mitzvahs. Please. Is, uh, is it such a hefseg if the bracha stands on its own anyway? Like, to say amen, like, why, why did why the rabbeim make an amen such a hefseg? I understand if you're going to go and you're going to fix your car, change your oil, you know, then that, that's a hefseg. Right, so it's a, You say amen. Oh, you can't say amen. Oh, no, that's a hefseg. Good question. There's also a question comes up by Losisa. Rabbi Rosner always brings up that you know you're not allowed to make a bracha if you're if you're misupak. What are you saying? You're giving shavach to a kaddish baruch You're not exactly. You're not talking about the stock market. You're giving shavach to a kaddish baruch saying beautiful things. Why are you over something? So you're saying similar here. You're saying amen to the bracha that he said. Why? Well, it's a good question. <clears throat> it's a good question. You're not talking about something mundane. You're actually validating amen. Right? Basically means you're validating what the chazan says. Obviously, we see that there's such a tight bond between the bracha and the mitzvah that nothing can come in, even if it's related to the, uh, to the issue at hand. But it's, it's a good question. Kavana, I, I don't have a good answer. I don't have a good answer. Okay, so the, the four different types of kavana. So <clears throat> we spoke about, we're going to see later on the next stuff. We're not going to get to it today, but I just want to summarize. There are three opinions. Rabbi Lezer says you need kavana, 
Again, lechatchili should have kavana for all kriyashma. Question is, bidyeved, what's the minimum amount? Rabbi Yezu says the first two or three psukim, depending on Rashi Tosos, the first two or three psukim. Rabbi Kiva says the first parsha, and we're going to see it on, on the next daf. Rabbi Meir, with whom Rav Apaskin's like, says Allah is only for the first pasuk. What's not clear is what is the kavana that they are referring to? So we very, very quickly touched yesterday upon the four types of kavana that you can have here. And we discuss this at, at length tomorrow night, Mitzvah 1145. I'm not sure where, hopefully it will be posted. Um, but we have to discuss tomorrow night, one of the biggest sugas in Shas, does the performance of a mitzvah require um, kavana? What if you don't have any kavana? What if you have negative kavana? What if you're just walking by and you hear a shofar, a mesasik, that you're not really involved in it, but you heard someone blowing shofar? Did you have to have kavana? Did you have to have kavana? Tons of topics, how this relates to us practically on so many different areas of, of halacha. We'll discuss that in tomorrow night, 11.45. But be that as it may, for this, for this area of, of, um, of, of Kriyashma, so the four possible types of kavana. One is we discussed yesterday the Rav Aaron Alevi. Rav Aaron Alevi was the great grandson of Rav, Rav Zerachi Alevi the Balamor. He was in lived in Girona from I think twelve ten to twelve seventy five somewhere in the thirteenth century. He was a colleague of the Rashba Talmud of the Ramban. A colloquial name is Ra'a, Rav Aaron Alevi. And Rav Aaron Alevi says there are three types of kavana here. The first type of kavana is that you have to understand, you have to be in the moment. You have to understand what you're doing. You're saying the psukim. We said yesterday that you can have people, like if, if people who are regularly uh, bali kriya are, review, are opening the Sefer Torah to make sure there are no corrections are needed, that there are no uh, letters or mistakes, that no letters that are crossed out or worn out, not crossed out, but worn out. When they read the psukim, they're not actually reading it. Even if they're reading Shema Vayim Shema, these parshas, they're not reading it in the context of Kriya Shema. So the first type of Kavana, a baseline is, you have to know what you're doing is the act of reading, of reading psukim of Kriya Shema. Number two, you have to also understand that you, there's a mitzvah of Kriya Shema, that what you're doing is a mitzvah. So one, you have to understand that you're not just hearing a sound from a, from a, a, a flute, that you're hearing a shofar. Number two, to be Yotze, you'd have to know that there's a mitzvah of shofar on that day. Number three... You also have to understand by Kriya Shema, the extra kavana that they're talking about here, says of Aaron Levi, is the meaning of the words. Perish Amilim. You have to understand, the th- this is the third, the added kavana that's by Kriya Shema, is Perish Amilim. You don't have this by, by, other, by other mitzvahs. Most other mitzvahs are, have a performance and not actual words. And the fourth one, the Rashba adds a fourth one, is more than understanding the Perish Amilim, that's one thing, but you have to understand the words in the context of Kabbalah Shemaim. You have to have the right mindset. You have to have the right frame of mind. If you miss the purpose that we just spoke about earlier, the whole purpose is Kabbalah Shemaim to, to framework our day. If you don't, the beginning and the end, Pamayim B'chayom says the Rambam, you have to say Shema twice a day. If you don't have the proper context, you can understand the words. But if you're not doing it to be Makabal Malchus Shemaim, you're not going to be Yotze. So those are the four types of Kriya Shema, of Kavana that one would need by, by Kriya Shema. Now, the Gemara, listen to what the Shulchan Aruch says now, how this impacts on us every day. Shulchan Aruch says, if someone goes ahead and says Shema and was not of the proper Kavana during the first Pasuk, you are not Yotzei. You're not Yotzei. Okay? He says, as opposed to the rest of the Parsha, you can be reading from the Torah even for corrections, meaning you're not reading it in the context of Kriya Shema. You, you're Yotzei, as long as the first Pasuk you had Kavana. So let's just see for a second. What do the words Shema Yisrael typically mean? So Shema, we know, means listen. We brought in a, a beautiful Rav, Rav Shimon Schwab. He has in his main base of Shueva. We brought it. He also has it in a sitter. We brought this a few days ago. 
That what does the word Shema mean? It means listen, but it means much more than that. Because we know that in Ahavarab it says, Lahavn al-Haskil lamid. Lahavn al-Haskil means to go ahead and to understand and to be able to internalize it. Then it says to hear, Lishmoah. In the Brach of Ahavarab, it doesn't make sense to orders out of context. Lahavn al-Haskil lamid. In order for us to understand it and internalize it, you must have heard it first. How could it say, Lahavn al-Haskil, then Lishmoah? It doesn't make sense. So what he says is that ideally we're asking Kodesh Baruch Hu to understand something really, really well. And to, but if not, at least Shema in that context means to remember so it never becomes forgotten. What was the example he gave? It says in the whole, the whole fiasco when Reuven went ahead after uh, Rachel died, Yaakov moved his uh, bed, his couch, into the tent of Bilhah. And, and he was very offended. Reuven was very offended for, the, for this, his mother's honor. And he took that bed, the couch, and he put it into... Um, he put it into uh, Leah's tent. And later, and all it says is, Vayishma Yaakov. Yaakov listened. Doesn't say it again. At, on his deathbed, he goes ahead and he, Kibiyachal, ranks out, right, he curses um, Ruvain for this. So what does Rav Schwab say? That sometimes Shmia, it doesn't tell us, all it says is that Yaakov heard of the, of the incident years earlier, Vayishma, and he heard it. But he heard it and he remembered it until the day of his death. So that means sometimes we remember something, it should be read, permanently registered. It shouldn't be forgotten. It should per- be permanently registered. So that's what we're saying over here, says Rashwab. When it says Shema Yisrael, we're asking that this Kabbalah Malch Shemaim is something that we remember every single day. It's not something that should be, we should go in one ear and out the other. So Shema Yisrael, listen and remember it. Hashem, when you think of Hashem, we're supposed to think of Hayahovah Vihiyah Adonakal. That we're supposed to think mastery, that He was, is, and will be. He's the master of everything. Elokeinu, he's takif, balicholos, balakochos. And Hashem is omnipotent, he's all able. Hashem, hayahovah, v'yiyah, adonakol, he was, is, and will be forever. Echad, and he's, he's one. He's unique in the world, he's the only world power, so to speak. We're going to see in a minute, in the next Gemara, we're talking about, we're supposed to go ahead and lengthen the word echad, we'll discuss the halachas about that. But that's the very basic. Shulchan Aruch says you have to have kavana, at least for the first pasuk. Now, the Mishnah Brua says, the kavana that we have to have, it's li'ikuva, it's ma'akev. If you don't have kavana for the first pasuk, you're not yotze. Why? Because that is the ikra. That is the way we accept Hashem every day, the yoke of heaven. And even, and he goes on to say later on, like the Rashba, this extra context, we said that you need to have the, you have to have the understanding that you bring makabal and malchus Listen to what he says here. He says lo yata says the Mishnah Berurah. I feel him kolim shiskal across the sky in the kind of kriya mitzvah said kriya shema. Even if you're leading up to shema and you have in mind I'm going to have the best kriya shema, I'm going to accept Hashem. You have the right, all the purest thoughts before you start kriya shema. But when you actually start kriya shema, your mind races off to somewhere else. You wander. You're not yotze. In the middle of Shema, your mind turned. You did not go ahead and fulfill the Pasuk the way it should be fulfilled. So that's something to keep in mind. Even a Kishokhanach says, even according to the Manda Amar that we're going to see tomorrow, that mitzvahs don't need Kavana, you still, for the very first Pasuk, one requires Kavana. So much so that the Mishnah Brura says, even if you read the. Listen to what he says. This is very practical. Sadly, this is very practical. He says, you find yourself in the middle of the second paragraph of Shema, and you just, 
you all of a sudden you wake up out of that trance. You were daydreaming. And after that, you realize that you did not say the first pasuk of Shema. So you, all of a sudden, you, reality hits, someone walks in front of you, bangs your chair, and you snap out of it, and you realize you're in the second paragraph, or the third paragraph, or middle of the first paragraph. But let's just give an example, you're middle of the second paragraph, and you realize, I've been daydreaming for at least the last three minutes, I definitely did not have Kavana for the first pasuk. Okay. You have to start from the beginning. Because if, and you have to repeat everything, because if you were just to repeat Shema and continue where you are, you'd be saying it out of order. And we said you can't read it out of order. So even if you're in the third Parsha, you have to actually go back to Shema and start from the beginning. You can't just say Shema and then continue where you are, because that would be out of order, and you're not allowed to say Psukim out of order. Lastly, this is a very important halacha. I, I tend to walk sometimes when I'm davening. You should not be walking during the first Pasuk of Shema. Shulchan Aruch actually goes out of his way to say that. The Shulchan Aruch says, Stop where you are. Uh, I think it's Rav Asher Weiss says, it's just not good to walk while you're davening because you're focusing on where you're walking. You can't have the proper kavana. Something I have to listen to. Um, but uh, you really should be specifically for the first Pasuk, at the very least, because you need the ultimate kavana, as we just saw. One should not go ahead and walk. But the Mishnah Brewer is quick to point out that you, not that you're not Yotze, you're still Yotze, but that one should go ahead and to make sure that he stays still. Okay. The next topic. <clears throat> a few more minutes before uh, before we finish. Okay. Now, um, the Gemara continues. Tana Rabbanon. Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekeno Shem Echad. Ad Kan Tzricha Kavana Salev Divir Eimeir. Eimeir says you need for the first Pasuk. So this is the third opinion. And in fact, Amarava Halacha Kirabi Meir. Halacha is like Rabbi Meir. And this is how we Paskin, as we just said, that the first Pasuk, at the very least, again, Lechatchila, everyone says you need for the for all three partials, but at the very least for the first Pasuk. And again, this is even according to the Manda Amar that normally says mitzvahs do not require Kavana, like Rabbah and Gemara Rosh Hashanah, we'll see tomorrow night. Um, here would admit for this, because there's no act involved. There's no act involved, and since there's no performance involved, the whole Misa is the, the Kabbalah and, the, and the, the Lev, what we accept upon ourselves, the understanding, the context, the focus that we have to give to these words, the Halachas of Gemara, that we need at least for the first Pasuk, we need... Um, Kavana. Gemara continues. Tanya, Sumchus Omer, Kolamarich Be'echad, Marichim Yom Vishnosav. Anyone who lengthens the word at the end of the first passage says Echad, gets, gets, um, gets lengthy days and lengthy years. But the way I just did it is wrong. Why? Because you're really supposed to be length in the Dalid. But then it's a problem. You can't say Echad. So it's a little challenging. So you have to figure out a way how to do it. But uh, for a different time, Amar Vacha Bar and specifically in the Dalit, you're supposed to go ahead and lengthen. But you're not supposed to go ahead and lengthen the Ches. The reason why you don't lengthen, you don't say Echa. The reason you don't do that, as Rashi points out, because Echa has no meaning. What's Aleph Ches? It has no meaning at all. So you really have to go ahead and lengthen the, the word, but at the Dalit, but you shouldn't overemphasize the Dalit, then you change the word. We'll get to the next piece in a second. Why does it say Yama Vushnosav? What does it mean to lengthen your days and years? We discussed this before by the Chidush Arim. But uh, in, by his, uh, I think it was the Chedusha Arim, by his, um, or was it the Sfas I don't remember. Um, by his, um, I think it was the Chedusha Arim, by his, uh, by his Leviah, but the same, con- same thought brought down by the Ben Yoyado says, one is quality, one is quantity. A person can have many, live a long life, but if his days are not filled the way it's supposed to be filled, then it's not necessarily a, a qualitatively long life. So Yomav, when we ask for long years, that's long years. But with our days, we should have full days, long days. That means the days should be spent in the proper things, and avodas Hashem, and other things that we have to take care of, whether it's parnasa, but things that are meaningful and, and impact uh, society, and they're meaningful rather than just having long years and uh, wasting our days. 
The Gemara continues. Rabbi Yirmiya Ha Yosef Kamei the Rabbi Chaziyah Davi Marich Tuva. So Rabbi Yirmiya saw that Rabbi Chibar Ava was lengthening the word, spending a few extra seconds um, lengthening the uh, the word Echad. Amar Le said to him. So Rabbi Chia saw that he was Rabbi Yirmiya staring at him. He says, "Kevin Damlichte." Once in your mind, you went ahead and you already coronated Hashem. And you thought, Lamala Lamala, that you, when you said the word Hashem, that Hashem is the Lamala Lamata above and, and below, Ula Arba Ruchos Hashemayim, that he's the ruler of the four corners of the world, Sulo Tzrichas, you don't need to do it, you don't have to lengthen it more than that. So all you have to think about is Echad, is that Kashbar, who really is up, down, like Uncle Maishi song, and then you are good, you don't have to do more than that. I want to discuss with you an amazing Gemara to teach us, yes? I'm saying when you do the Echad, so Aleph is for him, is one. Yeah. That is the eight different roles that we have. Mm-hmm. And Dalet is the four corners of the of the world. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Very good. So this but is what he's referring you to. Perfect. Good. We'll see that in a second. No, no. So say good, but Ayal. Good. They don't know. Ayal Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> so now, there's a lot of Ayals. Ayal Cohen. Ha Cohen. The most popular guy in the share. Okay. So, we forgot that you shouldn't go ahead and, and, and run through the ches. I skipped that line. You should say the word, but focus on the Dalit, but don't rush through the ches. So there's an amazing Gemara in Brachos of Samach Aleph. We're going to get to and not so soon, but we'll get to Mitzvah Hashem. I'm going to read it quickly. Rabbi Kiva Omer, Bechol Rabbi Kiva interprets the words Bechol Nafshecha in the first Pasuk, even if a Baruch Hu takes your life, you have to love him. Turn around in the following story, the Gzeira came down from the decree that B'nai Yisrael is not allowed to learn Torah. Ba'papus came and saw Rabbi Akiva was still teaching Torah Barabim. He said, what are you doing? Are you not afraid that they're going to find you and come down on you hard? They gave a decree, there's no teaching of Torah. Rabbi Akiva says to Ba'papus Ben Yehuda, he says as follows, I'm going to give you a mashal, he basically tells them as follows, he saw this fox was going ahead and walking around the river, and he saw the, every time the fish wanted to come to the surface, they saw the fox, they would keep moving. The fox said to him, listen, why are you guys running away? He says, because there's a net. There's a fisherman here who has nets and he's trying to catch us. So the shual said to the fox, said to him, why don't you come on land and we'll live together like our ancestors live together. So the, the fish said to the shual, you're supposed to be the most clever and, and, and sly animal there is. You're an idiot. If we're not comfortable in our own surroundings, in our own normal habitat, the water, you think we're going to be more comfortable living on earth, on, on, on the ground, out of the ocean, out of the water? Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva says to Papas Ben Yudha the same thing. You want me to go ahead and not, if I'm not going to be comfortable and I'm afraid while I'm learning Torah, and I have this chus of, of learning, then how much more so if I'm out of my natural habitat, my natural environment, I'm going to be less, less comfortable. So now, and as he says, because this is our life. If we go ahead and we're and we leave our normal environment, how much more so are we going to be susceptible? So Amru, they said, it was only a few days later, that they captured Rabbi Kiva for teaching Torah, and they locked him up. And they also locked up Papas Ben Yehuda, not for teaching Torah, and he was in the cell right next to, adjacent to Rabbi Kiva. Amrlo's Papos, Miavilchaz, Rabbi Kiva says, Papos, what are you doing next to me here in jail? Amrlo, Shrecha, Rabbi Kiva, fortunate you, Rabbi Kiva, Shinatapasta, Divre Torah. At least you were caught for good reason. You were teaching Torah. You be Marbid's Torah Barabim. 
I'm oily the papas, but woe is to me, shenitvas al devar I was caught for some kind of uh, petty crime, but it, at least I don't have the badge of honor that I was caught for being mekadeshim shemaim. Bishol shotziu as Rabbi Kiva l'ariga. This is my kriyas shemahaya. When they took Rabbi Kiva out, this is part of the asari gemalchos, right? The ten martyrs. When they took Rabbi Kiva out, time to kill him. It was a time of shema, presumably shachris or arvis, whatever it was. They were combing his skin with iron um, claws. And nonetheless, Rabbi Kiva was makabal upon himself. Really? That's what you're thinking of right now? You're about to leave this world? You're being uh, suffering so much? You're being tortured? And now you're being makabal upon yourself? Listen Rabbi Kiva says. You get chills reading this. All my life, I was very bothered. How am I going to fulfill this mitzvah? With all your soul. Even if they take your life, that's how the Gemara teaches it. I, I never knew how I could fulfill it. Amarti, I said to myself, When the chance comes that I could fulfill this, this pasuk, this commandment, I will. And now that I have this opportunity, Lord, will I not fulfill it? And it says that his neshama left as he was screaming out the word echad. In the end of Shema Yisrael. And Taka, his neshama went up to Shemayim. Straight to Gan Eden when he said be'echad. Yotzta basko over armor ashrecha Rebbe Kiva. She yotzta nishmasecha be'echad. Basko came out from Shemayim. Fortunate are you Rebbe Kiva who went ahead and said this word echad that your that your neshama left at the time where you makabel omachol shemaim so something for us to keep in mind when we say shema not to this extent that you know but <laughs> but just really the, the 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 gravity of saying shema with all the kavanas you have to have you have to fulfill the mitzvah of perish amilim you know saying shema that you fulfill b'shach to have all the extra things that we that we spoke about today and to think really what 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 opportunities we have to fulfill the mitzvah on a much lower level like we don't have to go to this level but just to have the basic kavana every single day will really framework it'll really uh, frame and shape our day much differently. Have an amazing day. We'll see everyone tomorrow night. Have a good Arab Yontif tomorrow, and we'll see everyone at Mirza Shem 11.45 tomorrow night.